Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. As a Christ-centered community, our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today recorded live inside the Wilson Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. Well, talking about hope today. This is the first Sunday of Advent. We're talking about the hope, the hope that Jesus provides for us in the earth today, in, in the in our lives, and uh, and everything that we bring in with us today. And so we're gonna we're gonna look at it kind of a l- little bit differently this year than, than in the past. Hopefully, you'll resonate with this. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Psalm 130. It's the first place we're gonna be looking. So turn to Psalm 130 just to get that open, ready to go. And hope is a state of anticipation, and it's crucial for healthy human existence. Like, we must have hope to have a healthy human existence. It's believing that the future will be better than our current situation. You may be here today because you have hope. It may be the hope that you find in Christ and Christ alone. That is the reason why you gather today. It's a great reason to come. That's the reason why I love my job. That what I get to do is to, to, to talk about that hope and to live in that hope myself. You may be here today because you're looking for some more of it. You need some hope today. You came because you feel like there's something lacking and you just, you gotta know, is there, is there more? to this life than just this life? Is there more than what's, than what's going on currently in my life? And so hopefully you can find that today. Biblical hope is not optimism, okay? Optimism is influenced by circumstance. Biblical hope is not influenced by circumstances. Matter of fact, people in the Bible, see all throughout scripture, they would choose hope even if there was no chance of the circumstances changing. They would still choose to have hope. I read a uh, a little article that a friend of ours wrote, she's here this morning, and it made me think about this thought. Hope allows us to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you think, well, maybe hope is the light at the end of the tunnel. No, hope allows us to see that there is a light and that we must keep on going because we're gonna get there someday. That's what hope does for us. I, we, I did this uh, kind of like this reading plan throughout this week about the different things of Advent. And one of the things that it said is actually this thing called the Bible Project. Anybody familiar with the Bible Project? You guys should check that out. It's really cool. It's a great videos, teaching videos. And there was one about hope. And it says God's path or past faithfulness motivates hope for the future. We look forward by looking backward, trusting in nothing other than God's character. So one of the ways that we can have hope is we look back and we see God's faithfulness yesterday, right? And so if we know that God is faithful yesterday, we know he's going to be faithful today, and we know that he'll be faithful tomorrow, and that gives us us hope. The word of hope throughout the Old Testament is connected to this idea, and I think we need to wrap our minds around this as we go forward. The word hope is connected to the idea of waiting. Watching, anticipating, looking, trusting. And so when we think about hope, when we think about these things, it's this, this idea of, of waiting for something to happen. 
You might be today in a season of waiting. Now, waiting's not all that bad. Sometimes it's good to wait. It was really hard for me to, to wait this year for Thanksgiving to get over, to even start. I, I didn't even want to hear Christmas music until Thanksgiving was over. I don't know if you were like that or not. Some of you are like, you put your Christmas tree up on thanks, or on uh, Halloween or whatever. Where are the Jacksons? Yeah, they're yeah, right there. They're guilty of that. Um, not guilty. Like, they're blessed because that's how they choose to do it. Yeah. Now, sometimes I have to, like, check. Why did I just say that? I shouldn't have said that. Some great passages of scripture when it comes to hope. One of my favorite is in Psalm 5, uh, verse 1 through 3. It says, listen to my words, Lord. Consider my sign. Pay attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For I pray to you. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I plead my case to you. And I watch expectantly. The Amplified Bible kind of... It, uh, it amplifies it. It kind of adds a little bit more to this. It says, I offer a prayer and a sacrifice for you, Lord, and watch and wait for you to speak to my heart. That's, that's the picture of watching and waiting. That's the picture of hoping. We're waiting for God to speak to us. We're, we're here. We're positioning ourselves to hear before we move. Isaiah 40, chapter, uh, verse uh, 28 through 31, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths may become faint and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust, okay, that's the same as those who hope in the Lord or those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for and hope in him will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not be faint. Psalm 130 was the, was the psalm that uh, they pointed out in this video that we watched. And it's such a good word that I wanted to share it with you today. So if you've got it available. Now, some of you might have, like I said, a different copy or different translation of scriptures. You might read a little bit different. This is the Christian Standard Bible. And here's what it says. My subtitle for this psalm is Awaiting, Awaiting Redemption. Out of the depths I call to you, Lord. Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help. Sounds familiar, right? The Psalm 5. Lord, if you kept an account of iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that you may be revered. Isn't it good that God doesn't keep track of your sin? That he doesn't keep a record? He doesn't have it like where he can just bring it out and just remind you. Now, we do a pretty good job of reminding ourselves. We might have some significant other people in our life that they do a pretty good job of reminding us of our sin. But God doesn't keep a record of it. That should give us hope today. And then he says, I wait for the Lord. It literally, the word is um, yakal, is to, to wait, to anticipate. I wait for the Lord. I kava, I wait and put my hope in his word. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. You know what a watchman does? Well, he watches. Duh. <laughs> I, I can't see you very well without my glasses on, which is kind of cool, by the way. 
It just kind of, I know you're out there. But a watchman, his job is to, is to wait and anticipate. To look for, keep talking, JD, keep preaching, man. It's okay. Oh, there, I'm sorry. See, I can't see. He watches and he waits. And we are to be watchmen. We are to be anticipating and looking for the Lord working in our life. Looking for the hope that comes in him. We have to be alert and be awake. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for there is faithful love with the Lord. And with him is redemption in abundance. I'm going to read that again. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for there is faithful love with the Lord. And with him is redemption in abundance. He will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. We look back to look forward. We look back to the way he has redeemed Israel. He redeemed them out of Egypt, right? People waited. There's a controversy. Was it 400 years there in captivity? 430 years? Let's just say they were there for a long time. But there was light at the end of the tunnel because they knew there was a promise. They knew that, the, that something was going to happen. There was going to be a savior coming. Now, Moses kind of preempted Jesus. He helped lead them out of slavery. But then we get to look back on the past and we get to see what Jesus has done for us and how he has provided redemption. That, I'll just give it away, is the number one reason to have hope today. With him, redemption is in abundance. He doesn't hold back. He gives liberally to us. It's an amazing, amazing thing. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? How we ask that question or the tone of voice that we ask that question in uh, Kind of makes a difference. Like there can be an enthusiastic, hey, what are you waiting for? Let's go. Right? Or it could be like me sitting on 64th Street getting ready to get on I-29 North and all these people in front of me and the light's green. And I'm like, what are you waiting for? Go! <laughs> Have you ever been there? Not on 64th Street, maybe somewhere else or something similar. You're like, it's, if it gets any greener, it's going to grow. Come on. Like, what's going on? Like, it doesn't seem like we're supposed to be going. Why isn't people going? Now, I don't realize there's like all these other cars in front of me or whatever. But, but, but I'm asking the question, what are you waiting for? Maybe some people are asking you that question in your life right now. Just that way. What are you waiting for? Just go. Come on. So the what you're waiting for really matters. Really matters. And the answers vary with every single person here today. We all have a what. Some will be very similar. Some will be really unique because it might be something different. If I know some of your story, I might kind of know a little bit of what it is that you're waiting for. But I don't know everything. Maybe you haven't shared that with me. Maybe you haven't shared it with anyone. I don't know. Some of our what's are very serious. And life altering. 
Some of them might be not as serious, but they matter to you just the same because it is what you are waiting for um, right now in your life. It's the why. You might be tempted to think that what it is that you're waiting for is really not that important. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't want to really share it because it's really not as important as the other people, what they're waiting for. Like, I know. Like, don't. Hey, listen. I give you permission not to be those people. What you're waiting for matters. What you need, what you're hoping for in your life right now is important. And God knows what it is. Did I tell you about this, this cool microphone that I saw the other day? It's called a, uh, it's a throwable microphone. It's like a box, it's a soft-sided box with a microphone in it, and you can toss it all over the room. I wish I had one right now. Let's just pretend that I'm throwing you a microphone, all right? So let me ask you a question. What are you waiting for right now in your life? And if you have something that it is that you're waiting for, I want you to raise your hand, I'm gonna throw you the microphone right now. Where are you at? What are you waiting for? Blenda, I wanna throw it to you right now, okay? That my children would 100% rely completely on Jesus for their hope. Amen. Any other parents in the room? Like, let's just be honest. Just raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. Good. Okay. All right. That Belinda, Belinda actually caught the microphone. That's funny. She's, like, she's playing along. She's a role player. Like, this is awesome. She's like, whoosh. <laughs> good catch. It was a good catch, everyone. First down. All right. What, what are you waiting for? Somebody else. Oh, right back in the back. I don't know if I can throw it that far. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Ooh, freedom from pain in your body, joint pain. Anybody else looking for some free? Yeah, amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta share this. I saw this on Facebook. I got a I got a Chinese disease. I just discovered it yesterday. I am young no mo, alright? <laughs> young no mo. That's my disease. All right, one more, one more, just, just for the fun. Like, come on, thank you for throwing that back. It's a good throw. All right, yes, right here. It's nice and easy. Boom. Okay, yeah, she's been praying for that for a while. Relationship with her son to be healed. So it might be any relationship that you're like, I'm just waiting for reconciliation to come. Uh, and there's, hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel. You see, I hope you have some hope today for that. Anyone else? Relationships to be restored with someone, yeah, okay. Very good. You might be waiting for, what's next, Lord? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Uh, what, what's my calling? What's, what's next for me in my career path? Or, or all kinds of other things. Hopefully, your first and your foremost what is the Lord himself. We're waiting upon him. So we are talking about in scripture. I wait for the Lord. I hope in the Lord. I'm looking to him. It's this vertical relationship where we put our hope, where we put... We, Give it all to him. It's the first and greatest commandment, which she talks about. All right, the next piece of this, what are you waiting for, is are you? This is an individual thing. This is, this is the Lord who is personal and is concerned, and he knows your needs. My brother Steve Bonar, when he preached one time, he said this in his sermon. He says, God sees you, he hears you, and he's concerned. Pat, you know that? He sees you today. He hears you, and he's concerned. 
that should give you hope. Psalm 139.2 says, you know, when I sit down and when I rise, God perceives my thoughts from afar. He perceives my thoughts. God is fully aware of what it is that you're looking for, longing for, hoping for in the season of life. The next part of the phrase, waiting for. Our waiting, our hoping, our longing must be active and it must be participatory. You know what I'm saying? God knows. He knows you're waiting. He knows you're hoping. But we can't just sit there and do nothing while we're waiting. You can trust that God is working in your waiting, but complacency is your fault. <laughs> My friend shared that with me because we were talking about that earlier this week. Complacency is our own fault. If we're not doing something, we're not doing something in the waiting. In my waiting, I, if I keep doing the same things that I've always done and expect different results, you know what that's called? It's called insanity. It's not, nothing's going to change. We got to do something new, something different. So what does active waiting look like in the dailiness of it all? In, the, in this, all these things we mentioned here, what does it look like? I'll give you an example from, from our own family. In a, in, a, in a season, in a time where at first I didn't have a lot of hope. So Emma had surgery. And some of you know this, some of you don't know this. She had a, her had an appendectomy, her appendix removed. And then we got the bill. Granted, they gave us a 25% discount, but the bill was still $33,000. That's just the hospital bill. That's not even the doctors and anesthesiologists and the person that waved at you in the hallway, they charge us for that too. You know, like, I mean, seriously. Mr. Johnson breathed in and out twice when you walked by. That's $400. You know, I'm being facetious, but it feels that way when you're looking at the itemized list of the bill. I was panicked a little bit. Though God's past faithfulness has been so amazing, I still was a little bit like, ah, what are we going to do? And so we, um, so we did a lot of things. We, we prayed, probably cried. We, we um, talked to a loan shark named Vinny. I mean, we talked. <laughs> His rates weren't that great. We literally had somebody in this church said they would give us that full amount, knowing that we had paid them back over time. Isn't that amazing? You know, but, but still there was a time where we, we had to wait because we didn't know how it was going to turn out. Now we have a health ministry co-op called Samaritan's Ministries. We pay into it. It's literally like us just pulling our money in a big pile. And when you have a need, Brian, we're going to take care of that need for you. It's pretty cool how it works. But you have to wait for the money to come back to you. And it's hard in the waiting. And so we, we, we made some phone calls. Uh, it's not what, but who. I knew, knew someone and made some phone calls. And they suggested Emma fill out a, a uh, financial aid uh, form or whatever, send it in. 
And then in the process, this Samaritan's Ministries, they worked with a company that sent us a letter and said, hey, the fair market value for this surgery is $18,000. Send them a check, paid in full. They will not get another penny from you. Here's the letter that goes with it. Now, that level, that lowered my level of anxiety. (laughs) But still, still $18,000. And then Samaritan's Ministries, once we submitted the claim, the money started coming in from all over the United States. Mr. and Mrs. Smith from Virginia or whatever, praying for Emma. Hopefully she heals completely. God bless you, $530. That's their, their share for their, their month. Another, before long, we, we're, we had about $5,000 left to cover the $18,000. And then the light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> shone brightly. We get an email saying, uh, the hospital has looked at your, your claim, blah, 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 blah. They're settling for $1,500. Isn't that amazing? Why didn't I have more hope? Why did I ever doubt? And now we're trying to figure out what to do with all this extra money, which we don't get to keep, by the way. We got to send it back. That's okay. Because somebody else is going to get that money. Somebody else that has a need that they didn't know is going to get provided for now is going to get provided for because God already took care of it. That's, so the active part was for us to go ahead and keep moving forward, right? We had to keep, we couldn't just say, well, I'm not going to do anything until God fixes this. No, we had to like step out in faith. We had to keep doing what we needed to do. And then little by little, he whittled it down until there was just a little bit left. So in our active waiting, the first thing we need to be doing is we need to be praying. Remember in Psalm 5, I come before you, Lord, I wait for you, I present my request to you, and I wait with expectation. The first thing we've got to do is you've got to pray about it. You've got to give it to the Lord. Anybody know who Lisa Turkhurst is? Justin uh, sent me this little thing about waiting, and she talks about praying. She says, God loves us too much to answer our prayers at any other time than the right time. He loves us too much to answer our prayers any other way than the right way. Which, by the way, he can't answer the prayer that has not been prayed. So you must pray. And asking us to wait at times is actually the most loving thing he can do. He wants us to trust in him. He wants us to let go and try to try to we try to run forward. Like, I got this, God. I'll take care of it myself. And then we get there and I realize, like, whoa, uh, okay, hold on. <laughs> All right, God, I'll just let you get in front of me. Let you take care of it. His way is always the best. Second, we must live by faith. We must live by faith. Hebrews 11:1 1 says, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. And the proof of what is not seen. Though we can't see it, we believe it because we have faith and we trust. The Apostle Paul says we live by faith and not by sight. Unfortunately, we live in the show me state. That's not even a thing anymore, is it? I don't know. Show me, Lord. Like, I'll live by faith. You just show me how faithful you're going to be. He's like, I've already showed you. Look at the cross. Look at the manger. Look at the cross. I've showed you my faithfulness. I've showed you my love. My redemption is... It's complete, it's full, it's abundant. 
Romans 5, 1 through 5 says this. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also have obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And then this is the third piece. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We are to be hopeful people. Can I get an amen? amen? Seriously, as Christians, we should be the most hopeful people there is. Even in the midst of not such great diagnosis. Because of the glory that we experience in Christ right here and right now, and the glory we'll experience one day, right? When we see Jesus face to face. Oh, can you imagine? Do you know what kills worry in your life? Stephanie will tell you, it's worship. Man, it just takes the power of worry away when you worship. Because it takes your focus of what it is that you're worried about to the one who can do something about it. And then scripture goes on to say in Romans 5, or 1 through 5 says, and not only that, but fourth, we are also to rejoice in our afflictions. Why? How? How are we supposed to do that? Because we know that affliction produces endurance, endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces what? Hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope in people or in things will end up almost always disappointing us in one way or another. Did you hear me say that? If your hope, if your hope is just in people alone or things this time of year, you're just going to be disappointed. 1 Peter 1, 3-4 says that we have a living hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. That, my friends, is the light at the end of the tunnel. There is an inheritance kept and is waiting for you, Pat. It's going to be beautiful, man. Kind of crummy right now here on earth, right? Can I just get an amen about that? Sometimes it's crummy. But there's a better plan for us. And it doesn't mean, once again, we sit on our hands and just wait for that day for Jesus to come back. Oh, no. It's not what Scripture says. But because of the resurrection, we can have a joyful and confident expectation of an eternal salvation. So one day, we're gonna experience the second advent of Jesus. When he comes again, he's gonna to come to, to the earth, he's gonna give us an eternal hope that will never fade. I'm gonna finish with this passage of scripture. I don't know that I've ever preached on this passage of scripture, at least not in this church. Luke chapter 12. We're going to finish up. Matter of fact, the worship team, why don't you go ahead and come on up.
The writer in the book of Luke, he's, he records these words. It says in Luke chapter 12, verse 35, it says, be ready for service and have your lamps lit. You are to be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can open the door for him at once. Blessed will, be, blessed will be those servants the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will get ready, have them recline at the table, then come and serve them. Oh, it's going to be a beautiful day when the master returns. If he comes in the middle of the night or even near dawn and finds them alert, blessed are those servants. But know this, if the homeowner had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let, let his house be broken into. You also be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. This waiting that it's speaking of in this passage of Scripture is synonymous with the people that were in Egypt when they were getting ready to leave Egypt. And he told, Moses told them, be ready. He said, Matter of fact, take your loose clothing, your loose garments, and gird them up, bind them up, get on the edge of your seat, eat, anticipating the time to go. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's who we are to be in this earth right now. Let us not get too comfortable and too um, complacent in our lives to where all these things around us begin to, to, uh, to weigh us down and hold us back to where we're not ready for that day. That Jesus returns. And I'm not like an end times, like, oh, it's going to happen any minute. Well, it could. Right? It could. And the question is, are you ready? The question is, what are you waiting for? Let's go. Let's be ready. Let's be on the edge of our seat, Pat. Let's be ready to go when Jesus returns. Let's be serving him. Let's be loving him. Let's be ready to receive him when he walks in the door. Is that who you are today? Is that, is that how you feel today? Like, are you ready for that? I hope so. I want him to come back any time. But until that time, I have hope. I have hope. I know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I know that matter, no matter what it is I'm going through right now, no matter what it is I brought in here today, because listen, y'all, it's just not you. It's me too. I brought some stuff in here today. Listen, I'm part of you. I'm part of the body. I, I brought stuff in too. But I have hope. I want to get ready. I want to be ready. So what are you waiting for? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for redemption that is abundant. Thank you that we can look back to a manger where a baby was born to bring hope into the world. We can look back to a cross where a savior was crucified. We can look back to a tomb that was empty because of the resurrection we have hope today, and we know that someday you're going to make all things new. So we get ourselves ready today. We, we prepare our hearts, pray for those here today that are waiting upon you, Lord, that are hurting today. I pray for healing. I pray for your comfort to come. Maybe those that are here today that said they 
They're not ready for Jesus to return because they've never fully surrendered their heart to Jesus. And maybe today's that day when you say yes to Jesus. And they say yes to the hope of glory. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. That is the anticipation of seeing Jesus face to face someday. Are you ready? What are you waiting for? Would you allow Jesus to have his way today in you? The hope of eternal life. We pray this in his precious name. Amen. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or want to speak to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.